Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com Welcome to Radio 5G. It's January 19th, 2022, and my name is Nancy Hopkins. In the second hour, Mark Joseph will be joining me. For the first hour, we're going to play a bit shoot presentation from the Vaccine Choice Canada. Vaccine Choice Canada. This is dated September 21st, 2021. And the title of it is Arthur Furstenberg, How EMF and 5G Negatively Affect All Life on Earth. I will now play the tape and we'll see you after it. I think you're going to find that it is very informative. Appreciate you being here. See you in an hour. Hello, everyone. We're Margaret and Joel and your host today. We're so glad you're here. This will be an interesting conversation with Arthur Furstenberg, author of The Invisible Rainbow. He will elaborate on the effects of electricity and electromagnetic radiation and how these impact life. Also, he'll share with us how he became heavily invested in these areas. Furstenberg is a scientist, journalist, and author who is at the center of a growing worldwide movement to bring attention to the most ignored threat to life on Earth. His book, The Invisible Rainbow, A History of Electricity and Life, is the first book to tell the history of electricity from an environmental point of view. The Cellular Cellular Phone Task Force, an organization he co-founded in 1996, provides a global clearinghouse for information about wireless technologies, harmful effects, and a support network for the millions of people injured by this technology. Furstenberg is the administrator and co-author of the International Appeal to Stop 5G on Earth and in Space. To date, the appeal has more than 300,000 signatures from 214 countries and territories. After graduating Phi Beta Kappa from Cornell University with a BA in Mathematics, he attended the University of California Irvine School of Medicine from 1978 to 1982. Injury by x-ray overdose cut short his medical career. For the past 39 years, he has been a researcher, consultant, and lecturer on the health and environmental effects of electromagnetic radiation. Welcome, Arthur. Please delineate the journey of how you first became interested in electricity and radiation. Okay, um... How I became interested, yes. Um, As the introduction indicated, I was injured by x-rays while I was in medical school. And due to circumstances previous to medical school, I was prepared to recognize the source of my injury. And... um, Long story short, I took a leave of absence after my second year of school, returned to school, and continued to be debilitated by 
the medical environment and all of its electromagnetic radiation sources. And one day, on inpatient pediatrics, I collapsed with all the symptoms of a heart attack. And at that point, I went home, considered my options, and wrote a letter of resignation from medical school. That was at the end of my third year. And I been, that was in 1982, in February. And I began to look for information. Actually, before I graduated, I had done a paper, a research paper. And this was in exchange for being excused from the operating room by my attending physician. We were on surgery rotation. I was on uh, uh, one of my attending physicians uh, allowed me to be excused from, from the OR in exchange for writing a research paper, and I chose the effects of radiant energy on living organisms. That was in December of 1981. And I discovered that there was a lot of material available. There were shelves worth of books in the medical school library on electromagnetic fields, electromagnetic radiation, biology, health. We were not being taught any of it. And that was the beginning of my journey. I got in touch with uh, Dr. Robert O. Becker, who subsequently wrote a classic book called The Body Electric. And he was one of my mentors. And I've been studying and networking on this issue since 1982. Um, in 1996, and, and although I didn't get my MD, um, I had only three years of school, I studied and became certified as a practitioner of a couple of holistic health modalities, namely the Feldenkrais method and the Rubenfeld Synergy Method. And I became a practitioner, um, was living in Brooklyn, where I grew up, in 1996, and I got a hold of a uh, New York Daily News page in June of 1996 that the headline said, 3,000 city lampposts are about to become part of the wireless revolution. And I took that article and I knocked on my friend's door, um, Pelda Levy, who lived on the Upper East Side in Manhattan. And I showed her the article and I said, we've got work to do. And she agreed. And the two of us and, and another member of our support group started the Cellular Phone Task Force, of which I am still president today. Although... I didn't anticipate um, doing it so long. Um, but we recognized what was about to happen to our world and that it should not happen. And uh, that was the beginning of the organization. Unfortunately, we were unsuccessful in convincing the city of New York to put any restraints on this. I left New York on November 26th. Second, 1998, I had been to a conference up in Vermont um, sponsored by the Vermont Law School in Killington, Vermont at, the, at the, the, the ski basin there. 
It was called The Health and, and Policy Implications of the Wireless Revolution. And I met, for the first time, a lot of uh, activists against electromagnetic fields. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to this time, all the activism against EMFs and EMR, electromagnetic fields, electromagnetic radiation, had to do with power lines, and they had to do with computer screens. At that time, there was no such thing as Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi wasn't even invented until about 2000. But um, people had been buying personal computers since uh, Apple first put out the the first model in 1977, and lots of people had them, and they put out electromagnetic fields, which today everybody has basically forgotten because cell phones and cell towers are so much uh, worse. But all computer screens put out dangerous electromagnetic fields. And power line radiation, which has been basically forgotten today too, because of wireless technology has taken over. Wireless technology now produces the bulk of electrosmog and is the most dangerous pollutant on the Earth today. It's certainly the most the most dangerous um, source of electromagnetic fields, but it's also the most injurious element on the face. We are swimming in it. The, the background radiation is something like the total sum of all the microwave radiation in the universe that arrives on Earth naturally is approximately one ten billionth to one one hundred billionth of the radiation that surrounds us from our cell phones and wireless devices and cell towers and everything else. And there is no other element in our environment that has increased 10 billion fold over what occurs naturally. So uh, so that's, that's my story. Um, I, when I came back from Killington, Vermont on uh, November 15th, 1996, um, I walked into my apartment and I became busy. And the next couple of days I had a headache and I became nauseous and I had pains in my joints and I had heart palpitations. And I realized that this was not anything ordinary. And I did a little fact-checking and I found out that what is now called T-Mobile which was Omnipoint, and it had the first franchise in New York City to put up cell towers. They had turned on, they, they had gone commercial on November 14th, the day that I got back, the day before I got back from, from, from Vermont. And within uh, a week of my arrival in New York, um, I was not eating. For the last three days in New York, I I could not eat. I could not sleep. And on the last night, I could not breathe. Three times during that night, my vocal cords went into spasm and prevented me from getting a breath in or out. Um, In the morning, and I had to scream as hard as I could to force a breath and make my vocal cords let go. 
in order to stay alive. And I grabbed my, my sleeping bag in the morning, went into Manhattan, looked at all the people walking around in the streets as if nothing was wrong. And besides being amazed that these people were standing up, I got on the Long Island Railroad, went to a park that I knew of about an hour outside of the city on Long Island, and camped there for a few days. And the relief in my body was incredible. It was like I went from feeling like I was going to die to feeling normal. And I have not been back to New York City since wow. that day in 1996. Um, I moved upstate to Norwich, New York, where there were no cell towers yet. Oh, the other thing that I did is while I was in, in Norway, I moved into a motel. I lived in a motel in Norwich for two years. Yeah. And I communicated with Pelda, and she also got the hell out of New York City. And she went up to Connecticut temporarily. She ended up moving back later. And uh, the organization that we started kept going in New York, and I kept in touch with them. It came down to meetings, but I never spent another night in New York. And uh, we put an ad, a classified ad, in a free weekly newspaper that you could pick up on the newsstands in the streets saying, if you have been ill with any of the following since about November 15th, 1996, we need to hear from you. And we listed all the symptoms, nausea, headache, dizziness, heart palpitations, joint pains, pressure behind the eyes, swollen throat, puffy lips, flu-like symptoms. We got calls, hundreds of hundreds of calls, and that was the base of the original cellular phone task force, which continues today, and some of those people I'm, I'm still in touch with. And they were all kinds of people who, on or about November 15, 1996, had woken up thinking they were having a stroke, a heart attack, or a nervous breakdown, and they were very grateful to find out they were, or, or they were going crazy. They were having a nervous breakdown, and they were very glad to find out what was doing this to them and that they were not alone. And they were poor people, rich people of every race, of both sexes. It didn't matter. There were doctors and lawyers among them, airline employees, teachers, all kinds of people. So I lived upstate in, in Norwich for a couple of years until uh, cell towers came to Norwich. And I packed up my things, moved back into my car, and started driving. <laughs> and uh, I did not find a refuge anywhere in the northeastern United States, so I started driving west. And it took me better part of a year of driving, and I ended up back in a place where I used to live, which was northern California, little town of Mendocino mm. on the coast in the, in the Redwood country. And the reason I went back there is I was in 
contact with old friends from there, and they were fighting off cell towers. And I wanted to join them and help preserve Mendocino. So I arrived there in 1999, lived there basically till 2004. We lost the fight. I went back in my car. A friend here in Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, had an extra room for rent. She said, uh, why don't you come try it out? I said, Santa Fe's a city. you got cell towers. You're crazy. I'm not going to come. And she said, what do you have to lose? And I looked at my situation. I was living in my car. I said, you're right. So I came here, tried it out. Lo and behold, I didn't feel the cell towers here. So I've stayed. And I've stayed since 2004. And I discovered the reason that I don't feel the cell towers is because the earth underneath me here in Santa Fe is so highly conductive. There is a science called magnetotellurics. And in this scientific field, um, it's a determination of the conductivity of the ground, among other things. They want to discover, this is done wherever they prospect for minerals or for oil and gas. They sound the earth with ultra-low frequency radio waves, and depending on the wavelength of the frequencies that they put into the earth, determines how far into the earth it goes before it reflects. And the properties of the reflected wave tell them the conductivity of that layer of the earth and, and when they and the conductivity of that layer of the earth tells them what minerals they are likely to find down there. So it turns out that the Espanola Basin where Santa Fe is located has a higher conductivity from the surface all the way down to mid mantle, which is about 150 miles deep has a higher conductivity than most other places on the Earth. Uh, I did experience this in one other place that, uh, on my drive west. That was up in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, which is uh, also in, on top of a magnetic anomaly that has been mapped. There is a highly conductive channel that runs underneath the western Dakotas, and I did not feel the cell towers there either. And that's why I'm here. Um, so that is, in short and in long, my background. Um, I have never touched a cell phone in my life. We named our organization the Cellular Phone Task Force because we realized what was about to happen and that the driving force behind it all was going to be the cell phone. They were going to sell cell phones to every man, woman, and child, and that was going to drive all the rest of the technology. So that's what we named our, our organization. That is what is, in my opinion, destroying our planet faster than anything else. And I'm doing my best to educate, to help educate the world, to um, engage in litigation where it's appropriate, um, to network with other activists and organizations and scientists and uh, public officials that are concerned about this wherever they are.
Appreciate that, Arthur. Uh, Dara, do you have a question from the audience? I have three questions. Excellent. So the first question is, what products or technology have you found to be effective against EMF? Do you have an answer for that? I can ask the second question as well. You might be able to uh, answer them both at the same time. The second question is, what will it take to get the co-opted environmental movement to speak out against this global invisible threat? And then the wow. third one is going to be from a human. Those are two very difficult questions. Actually, the first one is not difficult. The second one is a question that I've been confronting for 25 years. And all the other activists against EMFs have been confronting for 25 years or less, depending on when they entered this movement. The rest of the environmental community does not want to know about this problem. Um, what products are effective, it depends on what kind of EMFs you're talking about. If you're talking about your cell phone, there is no product that will protect you against it. If you're talking about um, external sources, if you talk about Wi-Fi also, there are chips and pendants and all kinds of gadgets being sold that are supposed to neutralize the radiation. No such thing. That, that is scientific uh, mumbo-jumbo. Can't be done. Um, if the radiation is coming from outside your home, for example, there's a cell tower somewhere on one side of your home, you, you can shield your house to some extent. Um, shielding materials are usually metallic. Um, they sell metallic paint, paint mixed with, uh, with with silver particles, with copper particles. Um, you can buy plastic membranes to put on your windows that have a metallic content in them. The more metal, the thicker the, the, the fabric or the material, the more shielding effectiveness it has. Um, there are articles of clothing that you can buy my opinion, they are not uh, useful and possibly dangerous because if you're completely encircled in, in a reflective material, it's called a Faraday cage, so, so that uh, anything metallic or with a sufficient metallic content will reflect the radiation, but if there's any gaps whatsoever, the radiation gets inside and then it's reflected off the inside and it gets magnified. So if you're wearing a a, a, a protective cat hat, like uh, a tinfoil hat or or, or or a more sophisticated version of it that's being sold, um, yes, it will reflect the radiation off the top of your head, but if, if it bounces in from underneath, from, from through your neck, it'll get magnified inside and that won't be such a good thing. So you can also buy a full body suit. I don't know how well they work. I've never tried one. Um, you can buy canopies, sleeping canopies. Um, the best ones are made in Switzerland. And this is also, uh, it's a version of a Faraday cage. It's a fabric woven with silver um, fibers and uh, keeps out uh, a good amount of the radiation. It, it, if it's used properly. Um, the problem is uh, it cuts you off also from some of the Earth's beneficial 
electromagnetic fields, which is, are necessary for health, and it reflects your own body's electromagnetic um, radiation, which is very complex. It reflects it back at you and interferes with your own body's internal communication. And uh, My experience, I, I, I borrowed one from a friend. I, I tried to sleep in it. I, I felt like I was jumping out of my body in 10 minutes and couldn't use it. So, so what products are effective? Um, you can shield your house. Um, it's not a terribly good solution. You, you can't neutralize radiation. That, that, that's a, a brief answer to that. As far as uh, how to interest the environmental community, I don't know. We're trying to do it. Um, we have a, a, a federal lawsuit that we're about to submit to the United States Supreme Court because we, we lost in the district court, we lost in the appeals court, and the next step is to go to the United States Supreme Court. Um, and I found two um, well-qualified, experienced environmental attorneys. These are attorneys who specialize in environmental law, and that um, I, I'm very excited to have them because they have connections in the environmental community. And, and this is uh, this is how you have to start. You have to start somewhere. You have to make connections where you can make them and network to the degree that you can. And it's, uh, as I say, after 25 years, we have not yet succeeded in interesting the Sierra Club, the Audubon Society, um, any of the climate change uh, organizations. They, they, it's a tough sell still. It hasn't gotten into the public perception. It hasn't gotten into the media. And perhaps, depending on how it goes, our lawsuit in the Supreme Court can put this on the radar screen. We hope. Okay, I have a question that actually fits one with this one. It is from Jocelyn, and she says, what is the efficacy of trees to block the wave or 5G signals, if at all? Um, any objects will block 5G. 5G is very high frequency, easily blocked by objects. It's the, the reason uh, that Elon Musk is is busy launching 42,000 satellites to supply 5G from space if there's no objects in the way. But yes, if you live in a forest, um, your 5G cell phone's not going to work. Well, that leads perfectly into the next question. So the next question is from Valerie, or I don't know, I think this is Valerie. It says, is there any point to getting a satellite phone instead of using a cell, uh, cell phone? Satellite phone versus cell phone. No, because the, your cell phone, and this is, well, satellite phones are shortly going to be things of the past, first of all, um, and the future. The, the old satellite phones are from uh, Global Star and Iridium from the late 1990s. They, they, they put up, uh, Iridium launched 66 satellites, Global Star launched 48, and they're still operational, and you can still buy satellite phones. Um, yeah, um, those phones are very powerful. Um, they are more powerful than other cell phones of their time. 5G phones, 
unfortunately, are going to be that powerful. So we're going from the frying pan into the fire by going into 5G. The the, uh, the FCC has raised their limits for the uh, effective radiated power of a cell phone at those frequencies from 2 watts to 20 watts. So that's actually going to be more powerful than anything else. And all the all, all the uh, the uh, iPhone 12 have 5G in them. Um, that being said, even an older cell phone, if you're looking only at power level, you're holding it in your hand. Your body's touching it. You're putting it up to your head, inches away from your brain, even millimeters away from your brain. Your cell phone is exposing you to way more radiation than any cell towers that are out there. Now, that may change if they put uh, 5G antennas on a lamppost outside your house. But your cell phones are a really dangerous object. That's the bottom line. Right. And another question from Linda. We have, how can you protect or can you protect yourself from the laptop computer? Is that possible? Yeah. Um, use it only on Ethernet and disable the... Wi-Fi in the computer and the Wi-Fi in your modem or router. And, and mind you, you're not protecting yourself from the radiation from the screen, which people used to be concerned about and are not anymore, but that's relatively minor these days compared, compared to the wireless. What protection can you get when you live in a high-rise? Is there anything you can do in that situation? Oh. That, that's tough, then, then you have a lot less control. You don't have control o- as much control over what comes in from outside. You don't have as much control over whether your electricity is being monitored by a smart meter. You don't have any control over what your neighbors are using that comes through your walls and your wiring. Um, people that have been injured by this stuff basically do not want to live in apartments. They need their own separate house. Arthur, um, can you please share with us your most urgent concern today regarding the threat to human health from electromagnetic radiation? Well, um, my most urgent concern actually is the satellites. And there's very few people that, that are looking at that. The, the, the satellite, the concern is not the direct radiation from satellite to Earth. That is relatively small compared to what you're going to get from an antenna on a lamppost outside your window. The radiation from 300 miles away is very small. Um, that being said, it's not, not it's not zero. Those antennas are going to be broadcasting as much as a million watts. It's just by the time it gets to the Earth, the power level here on the Earth is much reduced. But but we are electromagnetic beings, and this is what I first learned from Dr. Robert Becker, and I recommend everybody to get his book as well as mine. 
book. His was written in 1985. It's called The Body Electric. We are electromagnetic beings. Our cells communicate with each other electrically. Our nervous system is an electric system. Our heart is an electric system. The, the electron transport system in the mitochondria of our cells is responsible for metabolism. You interfere with metabolism, you cause diabetes and heart disease and cancer. Um, and not only we are electric, but our world is electric. We all live in a, in a constant electric field in fair weather of, on average, 130 volts per meter between the Earth and the ionosphere. And this is not, this is an electric field that's part of a global circuit, and it's called the global electric circuit, and atmospheric physics, physicists study it. Thunderstorms reverse the polarity and complete the circuit. So you have a circuit that, that runs from sky to earth, and runs courses through the earth beneath everybody's feet, the earth and the oceans and wherever, and in a thunderstorm, it goes from earth to sky. Actually, that's in, in the conventional polarity of, of physics. The, the electrons actually travel the opposite way. But it's a circuit. And um, there are about 100 um, lightning bolts striking the earth every second. And this is a continuous circuit that... that um, this is our electromagnetic environment that gives us life and health. And, and the Chinese um, medical system, acupuncture, is based on the circulation of what they call qi in the human body. It's, it's, it's identical to or related to electricity. And it enters the top of our head from the sky and it exits the bottom of our feet into the earth, and we're, this is part of the global electric circuit. Well, what happens when, when you have tens of thousands of satellites up there, each emitting huge bandwidth up in the millimeter wave range is you're polluting this circuit with billions of electromagnetic frequencies, which means you're polluting the wiring inside every living thing that walks or swims or flies in the biosphere, you're polluting our circuitry with all these frequencies so, so that they're no longer coming from outside from a cell tower someplace or from the cell phone that you're holding in your hand. They're actually circulating inside your body. It's like dirty electricity in a, in a home that, that building biologists are, are hired to mitigate. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason that I'm so concerned about the satellites is that we monitored the effect of Iridium and Global Star, the, the, the two big, uh, at that time, uh, satellite phone companies, um, when they went into service. And when they went into service, um, I called up, I myself woke up that, that morning of, of uh, September 23rd, 1998, feeling like I was about to die mm -hmm. when they went into service. When Iridium, I was the first company that went, went into service, and I, I picked up the phone and I started calling other people I was in touch with, and I started calling people all over the world and other countries, 
who called ourselves uh, electrically sensitive, which is a term that I, I do not use anymore because it, it focuses on the wrong thing. It focuses on like what's wrong with the people who are being killed by EMR. Nothing's wrong with the people who have been injured. It, it, it's it's we're, we're swimming in this pollutant. Everybody's getting sick. Doesn't know the the relationship between their disease and what's causing it. So they go to the doctor and they get they they they, they get put on, on drugs for the rest of their life, or they get heart transplants, or, or 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 hip transplants, or God knows what. Or they have strokes and heart attacks, and they never make the connection. And they get cancer and heart disease and diabetes because of the metabolic disturbance. Anyway, I called up electrically sensitive people, which I now call electrically injured people, all over the world, and every single person, not every single person, it was 86% I kept track, said that they got seriously ill that morning. And I stayed in touch with them, and and many of them did not think they were going to live for a couple of weeks, and then we all kind of adjusted and those were 66 satellites. And, and the same thing happened when Global Star went into service. And also I read the newspapers. And on the day that Iridium went into service, and for the following uh, several weeks, homing pigeons um, got lost in races, homing pigeon races. It was homing pigeon racing season in the United States. And, and thousands and thousands of pigeons got lost, never came home during those few weeks after Iridium was launched. And birds were not flying in the sky. That was in the paper as well. And uh, after Iridium went bankrupt, and when they came out of bankruptcy, rescued by the United States military, um, the same thing happened. Um, Except that this time, instead of uh, homing pigeons making the news, it was uh, spontaneous abortions and uh, foal deaths, deaths of young horses. Uh, very expensive racehorses in Kentucky and in other states and uh, in other countries and from Peru and it's like nobody could figure out why suddenly all these all these young horses were dying. Anyway, I started to make the connection and I started to follow what was happening in satellites and basically those are the only two low orbit satellite systems to date until Elon Musk. And he's using a very different frequency range, so we don't know exactly what the implications of that are. Um, It has seemed, from the feedback that I've been getting all over the world, that um, every time his system goes into another phase of its operation, there's a lot of symptoms and illness being reported to me among people and animals all over the world. And uh, there there is a a woman, a scientist in uh, Norway, who is collaborating with me on a paper that we plan to publish uh, correlating uh, bird die-offs, bird deaths, and and other animal, mass animal mortalities, but a lot of birds in various parts of the planet that have also coincided, not only just with people, with with some of these escalations in particularly satellite launches, that that Musk is launching 60 satellites at a time. We haven't proven it yet. We're not all dead. Um, It remains to be seen whether these super high frequencies are more tolerable than the low frequencies that Iridium and Globalstar were using. Um, But I'm in great trepidation of what happens when uh, Starlink goes 
commercial. And, and to me, this is the most frightening thing that's happening on the planet right now. Um, the escalation into 5G is is the other thing. It's like, and and it's not just uh, Musk satellites because there are companies that are planning to to give us 5G from uh, drones, and there are, there are companies that are planning to give us 5G from from balloons, and there are five. There's all sorts of schemes about how to how to give us 5G from from in different ways, and uh, satellites or not, it's going to destroy life on Earth, and it already has to a large degree. We 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 are already uh, we already have very few insects left compared to what we had a few decades ago. We already have uh, massive mass losses of birds all over the planet. We already have mass losses of bats all over the planet. Frogs, amphibians have been going extinct more than any other species, any other family of of, 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 uh, of, of animals. Um, and in large part, this is due to the electromagnetic soup that that, that is escalating and nobody's looking at it. I, I reached out to the Xerces Society and uh, because they deal with insects, and I sent them some of the scientific literature, and they're and they're not interested. That 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 was one of the first questions: is like, how do we interest uh, the climate change people? I don't know. How do we interest the insect people? I'm going to keep trying, but uh, there's a blind spot. They would they would rather put radio tags on the bees and the butterflies <laughs> than than, uh, than do anything else. And the same with the birds, and the same with with the whales and, and the animals. It's like. You're injuring these animals by doing that. We should be protecting them from it. So it's a big challenge. Okay, well, while you were answering those questions, we got quite a few more questions. Uh, some of them you did answer. Um, I'm going to read them all just in case because I've been reading and haven't been 100% listening to what you've said. So if there's anything you need to fill the gaps, please do that. And uh, just enjoy a little break while I read you the questions. If you want to write down, jot down the questions while I'm speaking them, that would probably be helpful. Okay. And then if there's a yes or no question, just say yes or no. So the first question from Heather says, does aluminum siding on your house have any protection? That's kind of a yes or no question. The answer is yes. Okay. Um, Paul asks, I and many others I know experienced intense influenza between October 2019 and December 2019, is there any co- connection between influenza, EMFs, and the 5G networks that were switched on in late 2019? If so, can you explain this connection? Is there a connection with COVID-19 symptoms? Wow, that's a big question. Not, not a yes or no question? We can come back to that. Yeah, that, that's not a yes or no question. All right. I will just bold that and we'll come back to that. Okay. So Barbara asks... Um, Dr. Dietrich Klinkhart recommended the German source protective items e-smog, which are distributed in Redmond, Washington, distributed by DBA BioPure Healing Products. The distributor didn't recommend the hat, but did recommend the t-shirts and leggings. I want to clarify what you said about the EMFs entering a gap, such as your neck and head, and magnifying the effects under the silver-threaded material in your torso. So in your opinion... It will not be helpful to wear the e-smog garments when you're in high EMF area. And did they? They're asking. In my opinion, EMFs will will still get in 
under the leggings for your ankles. It will get in potentially between your, your shirt and the leggings unless you wear them both and tuck it in good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not 100%. Some people, some people use them. And some people, that's the only way they're able to get out of society. So my general advice for these things is, yes, these are real shielding products. They tend to be expensive. Mm -hmm. Try them. If it works, use it. If it doesn't work, don't use it. If it makes you feel worse, absolutely don't use it. Okay, great. Uh, Next question from Daniel. Have you looked into the possible connection between graphene oxide in vaccines and the consequences in relation to EMF, especially 5G-based frequencies? I remain to be convinced that there is graphene oxide in the vaccines. I have not seen any good sources of information on that. All right. Charles asks, question, does the batteries for solar power or the system emit radiation, and is so how to stop it? Solar power batteries, are they a problem? Solar power batteries? Yeah, the the next person is asking a similar question. Are there risks with solar panels and lithium power banks? The short answer is yes. Uh, The long answer is it, it partially depends on what appliances you use and whether you use AC or DC in your house. If you have solar panels, give you direct current. If you're still using AC, alternating current, then you have to have an inverter converting the DC to AC, and the inverter gives off dirty electricity. It it gives off a lot of harmonics that you don't want on on your electric wires. So even people that are going off-grid and using solar panels, that might not be... They're polluting their house with with high harmonics from their inverters. Okay. Um, but, but the other side to that is that DC power is not necessarily any safer than... DC current is not necessarily safer than alternating current. Mm. And the reason for that is that we... The Earth is a source of... DC field. The Earth's magnetic field is a DC field. The the global electric circuit is a DC electric field. And we are attuned precisely to our electromagnetic environment. It's not entirely DC. It has has the Schumann resonance. Resonances are are caused by the reverberation of lightning throughout the biosphere. That's 8 hertz, 14, 20, 26, 32 hertz. It's not all DC. But the the magnetic field of the Earth is definitely static. Um, The global electric circuit is modulated at um, the Schumann resonances, and there are also ULF resonances, but it's basically DC. And our internal, um, our nervous system is basically a DC system. Mm. It's not alternating current. Okay. Um, so any slight disturbance in the 
DC environment that we evolved with may have a more significant effect on biology than the 60 cycle alternating current, which is foreign and which our body doesn't recognize. Mm. So, so it, that's not clear. Okay, that, that perfectly rolls into our next question, which is what actions should individuals consider to protect themselves? And if they haven't read your book, if it's in the book, they, and that's where the answers are. Should I, should I answer the influenza question first? Sure. Okay. Um, influenza occupies three chapters of my book. Okay. Um, basically, my conclusion is that influenza is an electric disease. In my book, I call it acute electrical illness. Um, what we know today as influenza did not exist before alternating current, which began globally in 1889. And in 1889, this earth was hit by a massive pandemic of influenza that lasted four years. Mm. And, and it was, and it was seen in, in the middle of Africa where nobody had seen influenza ever in their memory. And even in the United States, um, there had not been influenza since the 1850s. And in the United Kingdom, there had not been influenza since the 1870s. It was a sporadic disease. People who have studied it ha have found a correlation with sunspots. So a lot of people have... have speculated that it had something to do with electricity. Um, and when I looked into it, um, it absolutely did. That, that, that the, the pandemic of 1889 was triggered by the onset of AC electricity in this world. The Spanish influenza of 1918 was the beginning of radio, which the United States brought into World War II in a big way when it entered the war. And the 1956 pandemic um, happened at the same time as the massive rollout of, of civil defense radar systems, largely by the United States. Um, 1968 Hong Kong flu happened at the same time as the launch of the first constellation of military satellites into space. Alterations of the Earth's electromagnetic environment have caused influenza. Um, influenza is an electrical, in my opinion, is an electrical disturbance of, of the body. And I go into, I review the, the literature from 1918 in my book where um, researchers in Boston um, tried their damnedest to prove that influenza was contagious and they couldn't. They, they they got sick and, and dying influenza patients in hospitals, and they took 100 healthy volunteers, and 25 at a time. And, and the first 25, they 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 took secretions from from sick influenza patients in different stages of the disease, and they they swabbed their throats and, and their noses 
and they put these secretions into the noses and throats and eyeballs of, of 25 healthy volunteers. Not a single one got sick. And, and then they took blood from influenza patients and they injected it into healthy volunteers and nobody got sick. And, they, and then they had healthy patients stand nose to nose with, with, with sick influenza patients in bed in the hospital and, and uh, had talked for five minutes. And, and then the, the influenza patient coughed five times into the face and, and, and while the healthy person was deliberately breathing in, nobody got sick. So they were puzzled, <laughs> to say the least. Um, yes, there is an influenza virus. Um, no, it does not cause influenza. Influenza is a set of symptoms that is the manifestation of an electrical, severe electrical disturbance of the body. Um, Going to COVID-19, mm -hmm. uh, we don't know everything. What we do know is that 5G was rolled out officially in Wuhan, China, two weeks before the first COVID-19 cases were identified. 5G was officially turned on in New York City two weeks before the pandemic hit New York City in early 2020. 5G was on board the Diamond Princess cruise ship, mm -hmm. which was one of the first couple of cruise ships that ever had 5G antennas on board. So there's a correlation there. Um, when I looked at it back then, I thought, huh, it sure looks like COVID-19 is, is a horrible disease. It looks like it's not the same at, at all as influenza. Why? Because influenza, the worst pandemics of it, the 1889 pandemic, the 1918, and some of the ones since, the influenza strikes mostly healthy young adults, spares old people, spares very young children. Um, COVID-19 didn't seem to affect healthy young adults. It seemed to affect mostly the elderly. So that was a big difference. Um, the symptoms were different. Um, I, I, I did not know exactly what was happening, but from what they described, it, it was destroying people's lungs and depriving people of oxygen and electromagnetic radiation um, interferes with metabolism, which Essentially, it's starving your cells of oxygen. So you starve your lungs of oxygen. While you're starving your cells of oxygen, it's going to be lethal. That, that was the connection I made originally. Since, since then, I'm not so sure what's happening because you can't get reliable information off of the media. You can't get it out of the CDC. All they're talking about is cases, 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 and this person is in the hospital and he died and nobody says what they died of or what their symptoms were. Um, early on, I heard, boy, feels like an elephant on my chest. I don't hear that anymore. What, 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 I, what I mostly conclude is that the, there was a, an epidemic. It was a minor pandemic. It passed in a few months. It's not here anymore. What, what I see is uh, what they're calling long-haul COVID the symptoms are virtually identical to what used to be called radio wave sickness in the, in the former Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. and, and the symptoms that we all experience, those of us who have been seriously injured by, by RF radiation. 
Um, they're calling that long haul COVID. Um, and you look on the CDC's uh, mortality website and, and, and you see, huh, there's 100,000 cases of COVID and no influenza. What happened to influenza? There was no influenza last winter. Huh, it's all, it's all being labeled as COVID. So my conclusion is that people are confused that um, in the absence of admitting that radiation has any effect whatsoever on health, they're calling it all COVID. Um, I'm suspicious that let, I'm going to look into this in more detail. I'm, I'm constantly have all these tasks to do. But when was the uh, iPhone 12 rolled out? When did people start to buy that? Maybe that coincided with the spike in what they're calling COVID last winter and now. Mm. So, so we don't know. And until this radiation goes away, we're not going to know. And this is the problem. I have a question from Paul. Um, given the adjuvants like aluminum, mercury, and other conductive materials included in vaccines, would you recommend people with EMF sensitivity avoid vaccines for this reason? Um, the, number one, I don't call it EMF sensitivity. I, I think we're partially the people who have happened to be more injured than others. But even more than that, we're the people who have become aware of what's causing our health problems, whereas 99% of the people are not aware. Um, Anxiety disorder was invented by Sigmund Freud. It used to be called neurasthenia. And that was invented, that term was coined in the 1860s um, while telegraph wires were, were starting to encircle the millions of miles of telegraph wires were enveloping the earth. And there was this mysterious disease, and it laid people low, and they couldn't figure out why, and it gave them heart palpitations and, and weakness and fatigue, and they couldn't function, and they labeled it neurasthenia, and for 40 years, they couldn't find out what was causing it. So, so Sigmund Freud comes along, and he says, well, it must be psychological. We'll call it anxiety neurosis. Wow. Today, psychiatrists and psychologists see much more cases of what's called anxiety disorder than the people who are treating electromagnetic hypersensitivity. It's the same disease, hmm. but very few people are recognizing its cause. Um, depression, people are on antidepressants instead of recognizing, instead of getting rid of their cell phones, for example. They're on anti-anxiety medications. They, they're, they, they keep their, their cell phones in their hip pockets. And, and they're in excruciating pain, and they go to the doctor, and the doctor says, your hip's worn out, and, and we're having an epidemic of hip replacements. People are not recognizing what's doing it to them. Okay, that, that's my, my number one point. Um, remind me what the question was? Um, well, I'll finish it. It was, or at least be extremely cautious in considering the risks and benefits of vaccines. Oh, yes. And, 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 and the other answer to that is, I don't believe in vaccines. So that's, that's my answer. Okay, great. Um, I don't believe in, in this vaccine. This vaccine is, is uh, injuring and killing millions of people. And there is really good evidence for that right there on the CDC's website. It's just not being reported. But at, at base, um, I personally don't think that vaccines in general are, are either safe or effective. Okay. Um, how bad are electric cars, re EMFs and radiation? I measured. I've measured one of those cars. Is, yeah. Um, 
I forget which one. It, it's one of the hybrids that I measured, and the it was either the electric or the magnetic field was off the charts. So I, I, I would say that, that they are uh, they okay. are to be avoided. They, they are not being designed properly. The battery in this car that I measured was between it was under the car right between the driver and the passenger seat so you were sitting right there on top of the battery and that is a very dangerous thing to do right um shelly asks for someone wanting to relocate what is the method to find a similar earth magnetic wavelength frequencies conductivity such as santa fe new mexico and the area in south dakota is that something you can tell these the, the the north american central plains anomaly goes from Wisconsin, from eastern Wisconsin, diagonally into the Black Hills of South Dakota, due north. It's about a 50 to 100 mile width, width of western north and south Dakota on the border of Montana. Then it goes up into uh, Manitoba, and then it curves around to the left through Saskatchewan, curves back around, ends at Hudson Bay. I, um, I have reason to believe that Saskatoon is probably on top of that anomaly, although I don't know for sure. Um, I have heard from people in Japan that, and I think this is true of most volcanic islands, that, that the conductivity of the Earth around and under volcanoes is quite high that 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 uh, they feel when they come to the united states they feel cell phones from a much further distance away than they do while they're living in japan mm -hmm. i think you'll like this question it says um, if you were given the authority to remove all devices cell phone satellites compute computers which injure people is there a safer mechanism that you would like to see in their place to allow us to communicate yeah, wired telephones are, are safer than wireless telephones. Mm -hmm. um, landline, true landline telephones. Wired computers are safer than wireless computers. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, all other wireless technology is not necessary. Right. Okay, question from Richard. EMFs affect everyone, but are there certain people perhaps with some sort of comorbidity that would be more affected by EMFs, such as cardiac issues or COPD? I would say that those are more a result of EMFs than the cause. Right. What, what we had, for example, and this was well documented in 1918 during the Spanish influenza, is that the people that were most affected by the Spanish flu were the healthiest young adults. And the healthier they were, the more likely they were to be hospitalized and die. And the sicker they were, the less likely they were to get influenza. Hmm. So there's not a correlation with comorbidities, at least with influenza. Wow. Okay. Next question from Robert is, what is happening with 6G developments and when do we have to worry about the implementation of this frequency? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I sent out a newsletter about that last month. Um, there is an incredible amount of activity in universities and um, by governments and 
telecommunications companies and uh, everybody involved all over the world in developing 6G. Mm. Um, the basic difference being that it's an even higher frequency and it can even accommodate a greater bandwidth. And it can, and, and they're talking about, uh, oh God, the, the internet of, 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 of living things. They want to connect us all and put chips in everybody and everything. And everything's going to be connected. We're going to have robots running the world. And it's going to be a crazy world. They're, they're talking about 10 years from now, target 2030. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of activity that I'm seeing happening, developing this stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a lot faster than that. Wow. If, if we live so long. Right. And, when I, and I say that deliberately, if we live so long, because the radiation is killing us faster than anybody could believe. And thank you so so much, Dar. What a great job you've done. Um, we just want to ask you, Arthur, um, are there any books on the horizon for you? Are you working on any or any in the near future you're planning? Besides The Invisible Rainbow? Yeah. Just wondering. Oof. I, I am contemplating. I don't know if... Uh, I, I am contemplating. There, there was a book I wrote that I completed in 1994 called The Earth and I. Mm -hmm. And that was a combination of three years of research into the root causes of our environmental problems. In other words, the Earth and I. Who am I as a human being that, that my species can do this to the earth? How can this possibly happen? What do, so, so I looked into it all. Um, and I studied the, the history of the whole development of technology and all of the major aspects of civilization, economics and warfare and slavery and, uh, and technology, overpopulation. And I just went back and looked and looked at my manuscript. I, I was unable to publish it in those days. And I looked at my manuscript, and most of it is timeless. Some of it has to be updated. And I think it's super important. And uh, I may approach my publisher and ask them if they're interested. Wow. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Interesting conversation. Thank you so much for this. Appreciate that. Okay, all the questions handled there, Darlene? There is one more. I don't know if this is kind of a, well, I'll ask it. John asks, with much greater electrical and wireless radiation today than in 2018, why don't we see many more deaths today? Is it because... Who says we don't? Because we don't. That's a good answer. (laughs) Um, I think it's since 2018 that the average American lifespan has started to decline for the first time ever. And who knows what the connection with with COVID-19 is. But but the, the, the major increment was back in 1996 when cell phones first came. That was dramatic. Dramatic decline in people's health. 
Arthur, we've just learned through Laura in the chat room that the, your book is available on Amazon.ca, the Canadian version. Great. That's good to know. A wonderful conversation. Thank you so very much. And welcome back to Radio 5G. It's January 19th, 2021. My name is Nancy Hopkins, and Mark uh, Joseph is with me. And you just heard a very, I mean, the second time I've, I've heard the thing. And it is truly a snapshot of what has happened with the electromagnetic pollution and destruction of the the world that I and many other people have talked about. But thank God, and I do thank God and feel very grateful that I have not had to ha- go through the physical torture that this man and others have had to to get the message out. Um, I just found him uh, to be... He, and he said he told me things that I didn't know, you know, which is, is a good thing. Um so, Mark, what did you brought him to me? Actually, I'll tell you. We actually, I took. He said he wanted to do that. The, the uh, this this uh, Arthur Furstenberg, and I said okay. So I find a, a video that's okay, and I get it all ready to go. And then he says, "Oh, I found this one." Well, I'm glad I I looked at it and listened to it. This is a better presentation by him, and this is from September of last year. So. Um, it's not too far out because some of the things he said in the first one, which was in the springtime, you can see that already maybe he's uh, learned more <laughs> as all as we all did. So, Mark, w- tell me what you know. What did you think? You brought it to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so this was from <clears throat> Vaccine Choice Canada, and people should check out their other selections. They interview really good people. Um also, one of John Rappaport's latest latest interviews. Um, he's still on Twitter and, and posting amazing stuff. But um, it was uh, Furstenberg's latest interview that I can find. Um, and, and then I listened to three other ones. Um, <clears throat> Nancy shared a uh, one from last year, the 5G report, which was good. And then there were two other most recent ones from August, which you could easily find on YouTube when you search his name and upload date. And, um, yeah, cause you know, I'm, I'm constantly buying books and, and, and I figured his was on the list. Uh, and then so, okay, let's, let's see if he's, um, still around and, and, uh, is, is being interviewed and he's in his like early seventies <clears throat> and I, f- I forgot his website. It's like, um, oh yeah, it's, uh, uh, I thought I just saw it, but, uh, cellphonetaskforce.org and right. he does like a weekly newsletter uh, lawsuits they have going, activist stuff, um, stuff happening around the world. Uh, very extensive website, and you know, uh, in, in this upside down world that's getting more upside down, we can choose plenty of battles. So uh, this is just one of them. But I like that we were able to uh, present this early in the year. Everybody is about health, and like, you know, uh, even in the, the health food stores have their. Um, <clears throat> vitamin section on, on, on sale because they know people are going to be buying up stuff for uh, losing weight post-holidays. And so this one is is easy to do as far as like not just sharing information, but just the, the um, deep impact it has had for hundreds of years on people. And, and so everybody's more or less a hypochondriac now. 
and so we can make simple, easy changes. And with Shanghai, it's even easier and less of a hassle, less of, you know, more of just beingness rather than efforting and doing and all this stuff. So uh, Furstenberg really brought it in back to its foundations of, you know, the ACDC current, uh, you know, and, and he does repeat the same stuff in the other interviews, but I still recommend those other ones back in August in the 5G report for um, just further details if you don't want to read the book. Uh, he gives a very good summary. And I chose this specific one, not just because it's his latest, but the Q&A was very valuable the last 20 minutes. And so I listened to it a second time because, you know, uh, with especially uh, these, um, you know, the, the things he's talking about, long COVID, and then the thing Nancy's been talking about since 2020 of, of the activation of the 5G towers in Wuhan and the bigger cities and these cruises, I mean, it's just the, the pieces are falling into place, and now we're getting documented evidence from NIH that Nancy's been t- talking about in all her shows. So, um, yeah, um, you know, Furstenberg is, is one of the very first people as far as foundationalizing and, and structuring this uh, invisible war we have, which is a great essay in the Apocalypse Culture book of, of, of like, everything is, is almost like a weapon used against us, and um, I like that in his other interviews, he he did give the okay on Shanghai. He didn't know too much about it, but he's not too much of an energy medicine guy that I know of. So, um, and hearing his living conditions in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I think it was a an Adobe um, house or something, and of course everything's wired. So it, it's just really cool that, um, I mean, just how far he's come from um, nearly dying in in, in um, med school to like coming up with this whole. Uh, worldwide and beyond movement um you know in in nancy's shows and her other shows this is a cosmic war uh past lifetimes and all that stuff but you know um it's not difficult to foundationalize and this also connects to the dr jack cruz thing we did last year the show of getting back to nature get grounding i mean just just stuff that your body should be telling you and 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 you know, uh, transitioning into the uh, new earth, um, the golden age, that this is, you know, will give us some basic tools. Nancy? Well, it's interesting in that he um, he got hurt when, in 1982, and then he found other people, and they created that uh, task force, cellphonetaskforce.org group. I suppose it wasn't .org at the time, but um what what I really appreciate about him and his presentation is that he goes back and he says the Spanish flu and he gives all these flus and and every time you you have a, a an increase you get a flu situation and up until you get Wi-Fi or not Wi-Fi but just the electrification electricity coming into the planet you didn't see this influenza flu thing, you know, all the time. It was an intermittent type of thing. Um, so, we, and he gives you that background. But then he takes it from 1996 when he's living in New York and he sees that newspaper article about 5G deployment. And so they he reaches out to this organization and he says, because he had such a, an intense reaction to the fact that they turned the damn thing on. 
you know that he, he they had already started working on it but then they turned it on and and everybody that was involved with him had felt the turn on in New York City until that two years later they are out of there they you know they n- nobody could live there so then he goes on and he he tells about getting going up to northern california and losing that battle and you know when they turned the 5g on in there he, he couldn't handle it so he ends up in in new mexico and finds out this amazing thing about the conductivity of the earth and how it uh attenuates uh the the signals and so so you're getting a personal observation a personal experience it's not going back into deep history it's, he's just telling his own story and what an amazing story it is. I mean, like, it's a sad story that he's had to, you know, go through all this all his life, and yet he's made something of it. He's written a book, and now he's out there talking to people, and, you know, a, a true hero in my estimation. Um, you know, one of the things that, that, that he was talking about was the uh, Wi-Fi, and I hadn't heard this. I'm not, I don't, I, he, this is what I think he said. He said that there that over the background radiation since Wi-Fi's here, it's like you know ten billion more times background radiation of energies, and yes, he touches on the the sixth extinction event where all the microorganisms and the birds and everything else are are dying off, and that you know this is this is uh, you know to be honest with you in certain ways. We at least got a, a year or so of of shutdown type of thing. It, it 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 slowed down a little bit because the telecommunication systems weren't being used like they were, and there was pollution changes. So you had a little reprieve there for the environment. But the whole five G and the and the you know the satellites and everything. If we don't get a handle on this, we're doomed. So. From the beginning, we've said, and you've heard me say this time and time again, that we knew, we knew from experience and from just the the health science of it, what the 5G was going to do to people. Because we had seen it with 4G intensification, never mind the 4G itself. So we knew what the, and we said, how are they going to hide this? So they bring out this pandemic thing. But... The good news here is that every time they do one of these things, it wakes people up faster. We were waking up faster. They never, they they had on their schedule as the best that I knew, and I've been looking at this for, you know, probably thirty, forty years now, watching it grow. And so when we get to the point that the five G is supposed to be started to be deployed, it was in twenty twenty. But in 2019, I'm suddenly shocked to realize that they've been doing this for a while. Now, I, I can't say I was shocked. I, the extent of their their deployment was shocking to me because I knew that they had, had uh, 5G New York City. And that was from talking to people that were in New York City and the complaints that they were talking about. I said, the only thing that will do this is the 5G. They've got 5G in that city. And then, of course, that was the hub point of so many deaths in the world, was New York City, a 5G city, just like Wuhan, 5G city, northern uh, Italy, 5G. Yeah, I mean, every place you saw the real breakout, it was 5G. Uh, I, You know, again, I go back to the fact that he is testifying, you know, that 
as these things were happening. And just listening to the first video that I heard of him and the second one, it's like you can see that, that he's opened up in certain ways, and I wish that he would... Maybe I should send him a, the Shungite book, Shungite Reality, because it's... When we're talking about Shungite, this is a science. This isn't voodoo. When I first got encountered encountered Shungite, it was over a technical manual regarding the Russians and their use of Shungite to shield their electronic equipment from electronic pulse weaponry. You know, why do we know that there's a C60 molecule in Shungite? Well, because the scientists in Russia have been studying this stuff for a long time. And they saw the C60s, they just didn't know what it was until they, you know, discovered that in a lab environment they had created C60 because C60 was not known on the planet, except for Shanghai. But nobody was telling everybody, oh, you got the C60 thing in Shanghai. It was the actual use by the, the Russians to... Uh, well, another, another example of it is the Chernobyl thing. Okay, they had this terrible thing, and, and most people don't even have a, a comprehension of how bad the Chernobyl really was and still is. But one of the things that seemed to be odd was that there was not... The people cleaning it up weren't... Seem, now, granted, this is Russia, but this was... Russia was a little more free at that time, a little bit. Um, and... There were all sorts of people watching this, including environmentalists type of things. But there what didn't seem to be a large number of people dying from overexposure to radiation in the cleanup crew. And Walt said to me, they got Shungite in their, in their, in their uh, protection gear. Shungite, Shungite. And I'm going like, he might be right, but I haven't seen this. And then about 18 months ago, we found a, a through weird, you know, how circumstances are, we did find verification that they were using Shungite in uh, specifically in the masks, I mean in the gloves. It was Shungite uh, throughout the gloves. They were made with Shungite, not with Shungite, but with Shungite particles in there. And we suspect that because it was a specific, it was a specific device that the Russians had that they were asking us to look at and then the people who would made this thing, they actually made the gloves. That's how I know that this was was true. Um, so Shungite is real. Shungite is not woo-woo. It's a science. And I think that if we could, you know, somehow shake, shake Arthur and say, Arthur, please, you know, just put some Shungite around you. It's not, you know, here's a science, because he's a scientifically minded person, I think. So, um... Yeah, all of this is very scary unless you have Shungite. And once you've got Shungite, you've at least leveled the playing field. Now, one of the things he did talk about was the, the different equipment. That, that was an interesting thing about the... Um, I hadn't even thought about that. I knew that they were using these protection garments and even the tents and, and things like that. But I hadn't considered the the, the, the thought that... Okay, you're trying to protect yourself with this reflective stuff, but if the signals get within the the protection in the space that you're in, it's going to be magnified. I had never even thought about that. That was interesting. 
I mean, even the even the things that people think are safe could not be safe if you take it that one step further. You know, looking at it all as energy. Um, I found that to be very interesting. Yeah, people have to be really careful. I mean, doing your research and then getting in these um, tribes also, and and because um, Dr. Cruz calls it N equals one, as in like each person is different in how they're going to react to anything. Um, you know, your mileage may vary, kind of thing. And so the biohacking, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, subculture has been around for a while, and obviously it's taking more of a forefront and expansive thing with and, and, and combining it with prepping and decentralization and parallel society. So, yeah, people are taking it more to heart and, 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 and down to their nerves and bones as far as application. <clears throat> but um, let me see. So, um, yeah, one of the um, things that he's he constantly highlighted was um, um, electrosensitivity. And, and I like that because it's not that people are sensitive to this thing. I mean, if, like when you go back to the telegraph, it was, the world was wired with it. And then you have the, these these outbreaks every end every year. The, the flu started because of that. Um, <laughs> how much more, you know, since we're born into this this uh, 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 electrical soup that doesn't um, biocompatibilize with our body, except maybe for those who have, um, you know, the Russian black rock on them all the time, and they've had that for hundreds of years, so. Um, Oh, uh, so people who can access the Cosmic Reality Chronicles, I know Nancy, and even the uh, older Shanghai shows, Nancy did tell a good story of how she first discovered um, the Shanghai effects. Can you tell that story, Nancy, where um, I don't think you knew about it or barely knew about it, and then uh, you had a friend who had a ring, and, and, and they put it on top of the, the Wi-Fi thing, and then you were like, what was that? I don't know if you can tell that story. Well, it's basically um, a friend of mine had come down from Atlanta, and she was a she is a psych. Well, at that time she was a psychic telephone uh, participant, so she needed the Wi-Fi. I don't have it in the house, so I said, "Well, okay, you know." So she plugs it in, and as soon as that signal came off of that antenna, I felt like, "Oh God, I'm going to puke." <laughs> you know, it was just awful. And I said, I can't take this. And so she looked at me weird and then took a ring off and went over and put it on the antenna. Well, the ring had a chunk of shungite in it, one nugget. And it was such a profound change that um, I just, like, said to her, what, are the, what, are, what else do you have in shungite? And she had a pendant, and I put the pendant on my dog, Josie. And Josie was 48 hours from dying. You know, I lost a lot of dogs i know what this is and i put it on her on her collar and the next morning she was so good i actually forgot to give her medication and she lived another i think it was like nine months you know in fairly good health she just was an old dog and she just wore out you know but we've had we had a lot of reports of, of animals responding very positively to that but it was mostly the EMF that was, you know, astounding to me. And so we started playing with the ways that Shungite interacts with, because luckily I am energy sensitive. It just doesn't beat me up like it beats up other people. And that's something I wanted to say. 
he said, I, I forget which one, which of the flus it was. Oh, it was Spanish flu. When they put the radar, well, actually, it was the, it was the um, uh, uh, telegraphs. They, they did radio at that time, okay? And, and the first outbreak was in uh, Fort Detrick, New Jersey, American troops learning telegraph, working on those electronics. Those were the first people that came down with the Spanish flu, and then they sent them off to uh, the, the front, and other people caught it, so they thought that, oh, those people transmitted it. And yet there has been study after study, and they have never, ever been able to prove that you catch a flu from somebody else. It's not contagious. I know they say that, but they've never been able to prove that. Okay, and this is one of the real angsty things that's all involved in this, is they've never proved contagious. So, um, but he points out that in the Spanish flu, when you've got the, uh, the, the, the first, and then you, you had the World War I and you had a lot of radios and stuff. So, so that was, you know, I think of it as, as the radio, radio uh, systems coming online, including the telegraph and that sort of thing that, you know, actually gave people the, the symptoms of a flu, which they called the Spanish flu. And he points out that the people who did not get hurt were the elderly. Okay? And that it seemed to only, you know, that, that it was the healthy people that were being affected by that. And I think that's one of those data uh, skews in that who were you, who were you actually seeing get it the people the young people the healthy people the soldiers that were around this electronic equipment the elderly they're not around that shit okay so now why do we have this covid thing that seems to be attacking the elderly but not the young people well electromagnetic damage is it do, you don't get hit with a, a signal and then the signal is just gone this stuff builds up in your body. It does minuscule damage to you. And he, and he points out correctly the mitochondria uh, and the, the metabolism connection where, you know, all of this radiation is causing your metabolism to shut down, which causes problems with diabetes and, and cancers and heart disease and everything else that you see predominantly growing after we start electrifying the world. So what I'm saying is that the elderly like myself we have lived in this and we were born into this system as were the young people but we've been taking this accumulated radiation into our bodies much longer so if it was a flu thing why isn't it the younger people are not catching it they haven't tell, told you that why not because they haven't got the oversaturation like the elderly have and plus, you put the elderly in areas where they've got <laughs> intensified 4G, probably, maybe 5G. More of it. You go to the hospital. Why do you keep getting sicker in the hospital? Because you're in a 5G environment. I mean, when you look at it from energy and you look at it from those standpoints, you can see that the whole thing is linked. You know, and there, there's there's an amazing, um, somebody sent it to me in uh, my phone, 
and it was this RN who's who's going through this long long list of, you know, I've never seen this happen before, and the basic thing is that nobody has ever seen a vaccination that didn't protect you from what you're vaccinated for, and you can transmit it. That's not a vaccination. You know, it, it, there's so much BS involved in all of this that the average person just listening to the media, even even talented RNs who are thinking that the others are just nuts, they're only looking at what the programming wants you to look at. They're not looking outside the box. And yet this woman was an RN and she said, you know, item after item, I have never seen anything like this before. So what is this? And she said, this is BS. This is a story that doesn't hold water, my my translation of it. So, you know, there are people out there all over the world that are seeing it. Are we seeing it in time? That's the question. But I say yes because we got the Shungite. And we've talked about how Shungite, you know, according to uh, biogeometric uh, measurements, you know, changed the uh, field of the 5G signals in antennas that were down the street from uh, from CAT. So we got we got this other situation in that when we talk about attenuation of the signal, we do attenuate it. The signals are damaging because they're running, they're, they're spinning in the opposite direction that your cells are spinning. And it's a more powerful signal. Your cells get weak. They die. They're not going to reverse. You know, maybe they do reverse. I don't know. Maybe they do reverse because we do in, see indications in the blood that once the blood starts to cha- to change its rotation, somebody's got cancer. I don't know if many people know about that. I knew about that about 40 years ago from a doctor that proved it. Of course, he was being ostracized and shut down. He was a European doctor. Um, so, but w- when we have this situation of the the amount of energy that is around us, it's also affecting, as he points out, we're being affected by environmental changes that are changing the structure of the electromagnetic fields that we exist in. So there's no way that you're going to get away from the amount of signaling out there. But if you can use Shungite to attenuate it so at least it's, it's rotating compatible with your belt, with your body, with your body, in all life, wants to rotate at least you've got a chance but you still have to be aware that the the, the amount of radiation even though it's more compatible now it's compatible biocompatible with you the amount of of radiation that's around you is is not natural and is not good unless of course you shungite the crap out of it and then you're getting shungite field and that's probably going to make a a positive change in you. I don't know if you want to get into that. Um, um so some of the uh, references Nancy was talking about. If you go to cosmicreality.com forward slash archives.html, access the past um, 5G radio shows, and then referencing the biogeometry measurement of 5G tower, um, um, uh, altering the the uh, harmful effects. 
that show is from uh, so when, when you access that link I just gave it's it's December 7th through 13th so you can listen to the show for free download it um, and then the description of and updates uh, in terms of the uh, cloudbuster and and weather um, shifting uh, is in the Shanghai um, Facebook group so probably one of the top posts from last year so really um, you know just new earth and and coming golden age type of stuff uh yeah next level but um another thing with the shungite um as per the cosmic reality uh, archives is um walt having made the shungite turtle <clears throat> as he calls it and you can find those at uh, newparadigmtools.net uh, all the various um advanced uh, shungite sciences uh, the, the turtle was um, upgraded and sent to Ukraine to clear radiation in the atmosphere in the lakes. And so that was a very cool story to hear. And um, I'm not sure if they did any stuff in the Chernobyl area, but uh, it was a special urgent request from there. And then uh, it, it was <laughs> being passed around like a hot potato. I, I remember listening to the show and like as it's clearing all these different things and didn't even really get to be used for the main thing that it was – meant for which was i think a certain lake but it was being passed around the the, the country to um clear i think the radiation in, in the atmosphere is that right nancy this was the ukraine okay yeah. and they had a river system that uh, w- was the source of their water of course but uh, in a reservoir it was like river reservoirs type of thing and the pollution level in the lake was so great that they just, you know, they couldn't drink it. And so they <clears throat> had contacted our, our Russian people and they contacted. And then we end up talking to those people. And it's very hard because there's translation all the time, you know. But what happened was we sent it. Walt, I said, I got, I got a hold of Walt. And I said, well, we need to do this. I said, give me the newest version of the turtle that you have. And the man, <laughs> I never, I never, if it got in my hands, it wouldn't have left, I'll tell you. This was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. It, it is a different kind of structure. We call it a turtle, but it, it was designed specifically um, for what we saw in the water. Because we tried to get the Russian government, their local government, to go down and give us measurements of what we were dealing with. Because I wanted a, a 3D paper trail. But well, they didn't want to hear anything about this because there's nothing wrong with the water, right? So um, myself and Walt um, and uh, Sophia Blanc and a number of other people did, let's say, energy readings on the water. And definitely there was uh, petroleum pollution in it, but the, there was also radiation. So... Walt and I got on a we got on a call together and we he, he he took out the maps and we're looking at the the river system because we're trying to figure out where's this radiation coming from how far from Chernobyl is it two hundred miles okay it's two hundred miles from Chernobyl the, is Chernobyl at a higher elevation no it was not and that's what we there's there's I don't even know. We looked at dozens of nuclear power plants that are there in the Ukraine, and they were all above uh, the 
elevation of, I mean, below the elevation of the river system that we're dealing with. So I'm going like, oh, what, 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 what could, I, what else is happening there? If we can't find a link to the nuclear plants, what's feeding all this radiation into this place? So we went back to the Russians and we're saying, you know, is there anything that you can think of that might possibly be causing a, a radiation signature that we're not familiar with? And they come back and they went, well, they used to test hydrogen bombs under the ground. But <laughs> yeah, that would that would make a difference, you know. So we're going like, oh, how interesting is that? Um, where it was coming from was not really important, I don't think, in the scheme of things as to what happened. But it did give me a different version of how underground radiation can be so polluting in such a, a huge area. Um, I mean, so, and then, and then we, okay, so, so he sends, he sends directly from himself to the Ukraine. He sends this device. And, but it was going to take, I don't know, like weeks for it to get there. And so we decided we would turn it on. Now, normally we turn these things off when we send them, ship them. But I said, let's just turn it on because it'll be working for that whole time that it's in shipment. Because he, he specifically programmed this particular one, you can reprogram it, but for that particular uh, situation in the Ukraine. So it got there in 12 days. But even within the 12 days, I was detecting a huge change in the water, as was everybody else. And it wasn't even in the water yet. So uh, the guy that, that gets a hold of this, what we didn't know, but what we found out at the, once they got it, was that not only was the water irradiated, so wasn't the air. They had terrible air pollution from radiation. So they all had meters, Geiger counters. And he noticed that after having the device there in his house, that the Geiger counter meter was like zil, none, no. And he'd never seen it do that before. So then they got all excited. And for weeks, they kept taking it to different people's houses to clear out the radiation. Now, we kept telling him, look, if you get it in the water, you will clear out the whole area because the water is would be programmed. The entire water system will be programmed with it. And then every place, you know, but they <laughs> they wouldn't listen to us. And uh, so, the last I heard, they got it in the water. <laughs> but by the time they got it in the water, the water was clean. You know, so, but they supposedly put it in the water. They finally listened to us. So, I don't really know what happened to it, but I know it was in the Ukraine. It was designed for the Ukraine. It was designed for that water system. And because by then we understood that the, the radiation problem was from underground, from the, the testing... Um, it was programmed to go after that, too. But this is the problem with dealing with the Russians, is once they got no problem, they got no pro reason to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. we, you know, please give me an update. <laughs> and then that led to the Red Sea. That was being uh, overrun with algae, an algae that 
overgrows, takes the oxygen out of the out of the water, and the water goes dead as everything else in it. And um, so they want they wanted us to have, the, the crabs. That was what they were all upset about. Was the crabs were all dying, and that's how they made their living. And uh, so they get, they get a hold of us. Can you do this here too? And uh, I said to Walt. Well, we keep sending these devices to them. I said, this will be a nonstop situation. I said, let's just clean up all of the waters with a device, but from you hold on to the device. <laughs> let's not send it. We can do it remotely. And so that was <clears throat> when we set up this worldwide intention of the device affecting all waters all over the world. And... Uh, so we did that, and then, <coughs> excuse me, and then within, I don't think it was more than 10 days, we got a report that the waters were clearing, and shortly after that, they were all excited because they were finding crabs again. Um, but in the meantime, uh, one of our listeners sent a picture, and it, it's just this beautiful picture of Lake Tahoe. And one of the things that, that kind of, uh, it was an interesting word to me because, again, we're tra translating Russian. But they had said that the Black Sea was now translucent. They used the word translucent, translucent as the English translation of whatever they did say. But translucent, I thought it was an interesting word. But then when he sent me the Lake Tahoe picture, it, that, if I had to call, call that water something, I'd say it was translucent. And I wrote him back, and because all he said was he posted it, and he said, yes, you, on uh, the Cosmic, Shanghai, I don't know, one of the, one of the groups, Cosmic Reality Group. And so I went back to him, and I said, uh, I said, are you talking about th th that this was not looking like this? And he said, oh, no, it was heavily polluted. He says, and all the universities, we, we looked into it a little further, and all the universities were so happy with themselves because whatever they were doing was working. <laughs> no, no, you didn't do anything. We did it. So we don't know, but we had somebody who was up there that could see this, could see the change, and then report it. And that's what's so difficult about what we're doing is that it is anecdotal. But if we don't have the anecdotal information, we have nothing. Because trying to prove all this stuff is, even in the age of information, is virtually impossible. Except for, for people giving their own experiences. So, I think that's the one you were talking about, yeah? <laughs> yeah, so I went into the Facebook uh, Cosmic Reality Group. It's from Fernando. So this was posted um, July uh, 2019, 22nd, oh, so I brought it back up. I uh, sent you the link there on the Skype I see chat. It. I see it. Um, really cool picture. Yeah, I mean, I, I was there um, last year, and it's it's like, I want to use the word like like, you know, those gems, the blue gem sapphire. I guess it's it's just like ju bejeweled. And so, uh, I forget. I think it was 2018, 2019 when you guys worked on on Tahoe with with Walt. Um, and so Natural News did do an article about that, like just how much better. And and I sent it back in what was it 2019 when I first uh, was talking to you guys, but no, it's amazing. And then now UFOs um, are, have been using Tahoe to refuel. I think a year or two ago, these these uh, cylindrical looking clouds. And I posted that in the group also. So yeah, Tahoe is a base station <laughs> for off-worlders. 
Um, let me see what else. So, yeah, I mean, definitely people should share this. Um, the the original video was from from BitChute, so if people want to see the video, there's there's some pictures, but uh, no, just just amazing amazing topics he covers six G, and then his take on 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 the shots, and um and how all of these tie together, which is amazing, and so it's not too far off where like there's a trap that's going to be set of a, a um a form of digital slavery that Catherine Fish was talking about recently. Um, combining all of these things and crypto is part of that. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I do recognize the decentraliza- decentralization aspects of it, but it, it's it's a curious, um, you know, uh, uh, tightrope to walk through. But um, no, so people uh, can also listen to the Cosmic Reality Chronicles. That's weekly. Nancy does does post highlights and and different um, you know achievements that Walt um, and her did, but um, I like last week's Cosmic Reality Show and, and the Shanghai Show this week, too, because um, I'm wanting Walt to uh, detail about his newest resonator based on the five-dimensional sun that's supposedly out. Um, and, and he's going to make that into uh, – or has made it into a resonator with, with the, the nectar that Nancy's talked about in previous shows. So, yeah, a lot of references there. But uh, so so the the, um, the newest resonator was, was – highlighted in last week's cosmic reality show at the, at the very last end like maybe the last 10 minutes people want to just go straight to that in the archives um and so uh, as far as Furstenberg, so you know I, I like that he highlighted that doctors are just a, a lot of doctors are just not aware of these um you know these these invisible harmful waves that have been around since <laughs> what hundreds of years yeah, he said that when he when he first started studying it, right after you know he's still associated with the medical profession type thing, and that he said there were shelves full of this information on the on the in the library shelves, and nobody knew about it because they don't want to teach you that in medical school. Remember, Doctor Daniels. Every time I talk about medical, Doctor Daniels is right in, talking in my ear, you know, and. When she went to Harvard, Harvard University for Medicine, she said, the first thing I remember them telling me is that 50% of what I'm going to tell you is true, 50% isn't, and we don't know the difference. That was stunning to me. I was really happy to hear that they at least understood it, (laughs) that they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Practice of medicine, remember, it's Mm -hmm. the practice of medicine. They never quite... You know, get it right. Not too far off from practicing magic. <laughs> so you have the placebo and the placebo or law. You practice law too. Uh, yeah. Law, medicine, and in uh, in magic, <laughs> practice. <laughs> well, the trio that's going to be. Um, yeah, Doctor Daniels is amazing. Uh, she does do a weekly podcast on Vimeo. Uh, check that out. And she was for a while training um, or apprenticing Doctor Andrew Kaufman at MIT because she knows like. These things that people are getting during during lockdown, eczema and this or that, you can get these super cheap at at the butcher shop. Like for eczema, you just buy um, cow feet, and that helps with a, with a ton of things. So she has very easy, practical things, super cheap you can get, and you're not told this because they want you to go to the drugstore and and you know whatever. Um, you can't make money off it, you know. Um, 
Pig Brain is another one for a good like energy boost, and that's like super cheap at the Asian store, the market. Um, helps against um, within hours too. Uh, she mentioned in her podcast, um, Alzheimer's. I think it was like a turnaround time is within a few days, and then yeah. So who thought we're going back to? Uh, so Jennifer Jennifer uh, Daniels is talking about a cure for Alzheimer's. I'm not going to use the C word, but it's very effective. The turnaround time for it is within within a few days. Any kind of brain issues you have, just Pig brain is like super cheap, several dollars for like a little um, small uh, plastic container of it at the butcher shop. And then, yeah. And you're saying that that is the pig's feet? Uh, pig brain. Pig, pig brain. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. And so like the, the cow feet for, for eczema, like um, I have that. And then you just get a pressure cooker and then you basically eat the bones when, when they're soft enough. And so instead of buying all this collagen BS that's crazy expensive, you just get it straight from the animal. But no. you know, don't believe me. Listen to the show. What, what, do you so, happen to know what her, her uh, website is? Uh, I think it's Vitality Capsules. It's not uh, dot right, com. Right, right. Like right. Vitality Cycle, something like that. But um, if you go to one radio network that uh, podcast, she's done tons of interviews and does a lot of Q and A's. And her her uh, perspective on the lockdowns and the virus, the germ theory versus terrain theory, is amazing. Also, so and practical. You know, a lot of easy, easy to use um, applications. So. Yeah, she's she's amazing. Uh, I'd love to get her back on. One of these days, maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I've tried to get a hold of her. She's just, you know, a lot of these people they just get so busy. This is why I do these kind of shows. You know, we find the best interviews they do that we can find. And then yeah. we present them to you uh, without bothering them. <laughs> oh, the other thing I wanted to, to, to kind of talk about here that is like the premier example of how very simple and profound the changes are that are needed to make the difference. And that is regarding the people who were being diagnosed with, let's say, sane doctors with EMF damage compared to doctors that were saying, oh, you've only got anxiety disorder. So you've got the same symptoms, but one doctor calls it anxiety disorder, and guess what he gives you? Pharmaceutical drugs. The other one says it's EMF damaged, and good luck trying to get out of it. But, you know, I mean, they, you're not taking chemistry anymore. You're not taking the pharmaceuticals. So when he was discussing this, and, and I thought about it, and I went, you know, I don't know how many people have normally hip problems, but I do know a lot of people that are having hip problems. And he's saying it's because the cell phone is right in your back pocket over your hip. Whoa. Another another thing. Oh yes, and if you got hip problems, are you carrying your cell phone in your? And if it's doing that to your hips, your bones, what the hell do you think it's doing to the rest of your body? Yeah, he was saying about um, diabetes, heart disease, and then like one other one that's like you know common with with um, Western uh, culture, and again goes back to the EMF thing. 
So, and then that thing about the anxiety disorder versus um, uh, EMF, what was it comparing EMF, yeah, that, that was a Freud thing. He said, oh, we'll just call it. It's just so flippant about it. <laughs> or they'll call it fibromyalgia. I think yeah, this just, fibromyalgia is one of those things that is a symptom of EMF poisoning. And so George Carlin called it correctly back in the 80s that this is just guesswork in a white coat. I mean, <laughs> yes. You know, we know we're multidimensional <laughs> beings in the multiverse. So you're just going to look at. So, and then I, I always echo the thing of uh, the astral precedes the physical and the electrical precedes the chemical. So, and then another uh, um, awesome book he mentioned was Robert O. Becker's uh, The Body Electric. Dr. Cruz mentions that too because uh, Cruz is about mitochondria, everything, you know, and that goes back to the sun, nature, grounding, all that stuff. So, yeah, it's good time to get back to Gaia and Earth and, you know, all that. Yeah. You know, it's not, the fix is not hard. It's just stop what's causing the problem. You know? And, but he also, that that was a fascinating conversation that he had regarding the uh, magnetic anomalies throughout the uh, central kind of section of America. And just as you, you got online here, I was looking that up. And you can, you know, I just put in magnetic anomalies, U.S., I think I said central or something like that. But you can find out, you know, that where the where where he's talking about that you've got, because, I mean, he rattled off these places, and I was, like, trying to write it down. I couldn't even write it down, never mind figure out where on the map he was talking. But you can actually look this stuff up. And, uh, you know, so I just wanted to say that, if you really are thinking of moving, and probably a lot of people are, you might want to take a look at that, too. Yeah, there's a whole discussion in that, too, of um, everyone migrating to the south, and then you get all of these weather anomalies in the south, and, of course, all of the DEWs and um, messed up uh, Frankenshots being all sent to the south, a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> so they, they knew this way ahead of time. Um just fortify and armor yourself up in several ways, you know. Get get in deep with your vibe tribe and, and, and uh, early warning signs and systems. Yes, and at that, we were at the end of the show here. So um, you want to say adios to people? Yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, we'll see you out there in the battlefield. <laughs> I hate to think of it that way, but that's exactly what it is. It's a... Uh, battle for Mother Earth. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you next time. Be safe. You have been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.